What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast brought to you by Stathead. I am Jason and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, what's going on? Not a lot. You know, we're kind of in the slower days of the offseason and we decided to bring back a concept. We've done a handful of shows on this, uh, but there's still plenty more uh, opportunities to do so. And that is our last game for greats series. So new listeners in the show, basically we take a look at uh, the last great game that some of the greatest players in the uh, game had. Sometimes it's like right near the end of their career. Sometimes we have to dig a, a season or two back to really find a good one. But uh, it's a fun concept. Uh, interesting. You find some interesting results for sure. Yeah, yeah, I always have. I always have a fun time with this show because it then it it, it, it you know you're looking at all time greats, but then you're not like you're passing all of their great seasons. A lot of times you're like, all right, no, what about what about the final? And for some guys, it's like they don't have that slowdown. They didn't have a truly you know big fall off, or they didn't you know have a, a you know some guys retired at the top of their games. A lot of guys did not, and that's where the fun part comes in a little bit. Of okay. This guy, you know, was great at one time. Things start. He started to slow down. Injuries piled up. He got older. Whatever. What did he, was he still great though? He still probably had some great games. And some guys, it's easy. Like you said, some guys, it's like, oh, all right. Like this guy had a couple great games in his final year. Some guys, you got to dig a little deeper. Like, oh man, he was real bad those final few years. But you know, right. maybe he's got one or two in there. Maybe there's something. Uh, that can stand out, but that's always what makes this game so fun, or this this episode type so fun uh, is is trying to kind of weigh last and great. I always find it. I'm always trying to weigh. All right, what is truly the last you know great game for this guy? Does it count if it was three years you know before he retired? Right. Maybe right. it is. Maybe it is truly his last game. Great yeah. game was three or four years ago, or, or is sure. it just like an okay game that? But it can't be an okay game. It's got to be a great year. So it's a great game. Yeah. So that's, it makes it kind of fun to kind of explore that. And I think we all, we you and I both approach it uh, from you know slightly similar angles, but also kind of different ones too, which makes for a fun show. And we always get pretty. Uh, the feedback on these shows are always pretty good too, because people are like, "Hey, what about this game?" And it's like you know everybody kind of defines last great game for a great player a little oh, yeah. bit differently, which makes it you know extra fun too. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, well, we're going to start with uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, pretty cool. great player, I would say. Yeah. Oh, the bull, oh, that Bulls guy. Yeah, the Bulls guy. Right. Yeah, the Bulls guy. Yes. The last so, dance guy. The last from the last dance. You're right, right, right. Last dance, yeah. <laughs> of course, we all know that the last dance happened. His career ended. Nothing else happened after the last dance. So obviously, it would be from his 98 Bulls. Yes, I would hope. Bulls. Yeah, yeah which sure. I would say the last great game was the uh, game six of the NBA Finals. He had a shot over Brian sure. Russell. Won the NBA Probably. title. I uh, had a great yeah. game. Left on top. Don't tell. Don't tell me you're going to bring up Wizards, Jordan, because I, I, I thought we all agreed as of humans that we were just never going to bring up Wizards, Jordan again. You're going to do that, aren't well, you? I, I did not agree to that. So I'm going to go ahead and bring up Wizards, Jordan. Michael no. Jordan was a wizard. Yes, no, he was a he wizard. Wasn't. Yes, say it out loud. <laughs> no, he was a wizard. Jermaine O'Neal yes. was not a Miami Heat, and Michael Jordan was not a oh, wizard. Wow. So. Oh, you have strong feelings about Jeremy on the do. Miami Heat. That's one slightly, that, you know. I forget yeah. what, what there was an episode we did a couple of years ago where you were like, "Yeah, so then Jermaine uh-huh. O'Neal, then he was on the Heat," and I was like, "What? No!" And I looked it up, and <laughs> yeah. I guess there's photos of it, but that was one that I just sure. I, I I refuse to acknowledge. Right. I just refuse to okay. acknowledge that Jermaine O'Neal was a member of the Miami Heat. So you're not going to okay. make me do it. Are, are you? Do you recognize Atlanta Hawks legend Vince Carter? Or is that? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Of course. Okay. All right. Thank goodness. Okay. We <laughs> well, didn't want to have to end the show right that. here. No, of course. <laughs> you know, that it was would great. Been a problem. It was fun. Okay. It was fun in the Hawks. There was the, right, the so. last game of the, uh, you know, the, right before the pandemic where they're like, look, right, we don't yeah. know when we're coming back. So, Vince, so, <laughs> it's your uh, night, pal. Go do whatever you got to do. You know? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> This is probably how you retire now. So just go yeah. do whatever. Right. Yeah. All right. So back to Michael Jordan. Uh, <sighs> yes. Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan. Hey. Just four days after he turned 40 years old, this is his final season, 43 points on 641 true shooting, 10 rebounds, three assists, and four steals. He became the first, still the only 40-year-old to score 40-plus points in a game. This was his 173rd regular season 40-plus point game, plus 38 in the uh, playoffs, which, if my math uh, is correct, is a lot. So That is, uh, yes, I would define that yeah. as a lot and a I would say that makes him a good basketball player. Right. Yes. So definitely hits the game winning layup here. And this was actually an important game because the Wizards were definitely in the playoff uh, race at that point. They were just percentage points behind Orlando in the race for the eighth and final Eastern Conference playoff, Scott. Uh, always, always uh, a fierce battle in those days. For the, yes, yeah. I, I always love the well, eight seed battles in the East, where you look at some of these teams, yeah, and you're like, eh, yeah. I should have just said no, no. Neither of you can go. Right. <laughs> like, no, I'm just gonna. Right. And then the poor so little bad. West. There yeah. was like teams in the West that were like, Hey, we have like 45 wins. Yeah, and they're we, like, That's oh, not going to yeah. do it, there, pal. <laughs> then, you know, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Phoenix. Sorry, you're out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about the geography, but that's just weird. Yes, yeah, so. So Michael Jordan, he's quoted in the ESPN uh, Associated Press game recap here, found on ESPN.com. I told the guys, I've got 28s left. I'm going down with no bulls. I'm going all out. It's the end of my career, and I don't want to see it end in a negative way. I want to see it end positive. I want to have fun. And then after the game, uh, Coach DeCon, so the Wizards had been playing poorly coming into here. They did play well in this game, but he called his players fragile, <laughs> um, you know, which I guess was basically like, you know, the only reason they were going to be winning this game is because Michael basically carried them on his back. So, uh, yeah, Doug Collins, inspirational coach there for sure, calling his players a fragile after the dramatic <laughs> win. Um, and then Jordan uh, said, do nothing to affect the psyche of, uh, <laughs> of, of one Kwame, right. Brown, 20 year old Kwame Brown. I'm sure he, he yeah. would be affected. I'm sure Dre Stackhouse is having a lot of fun there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great time for everybody. 
So uh, Jordan also said, it set the tone in terms of how bad I wanted to win this game. If they can't see that, if they can't see my love for the game, then obviously they don't need to be in uniform. Yeah, and Juan they definitely Dixon. don't need to be on this team. <laughs> Come on, yeah. on top. Sometimes you've got to lead by example. I guess leading by example is better than leading by passive-aggressive uh, quotes. <laughs> like, not really even <laughs> passive. I mean, pretty much aggressive. Pretty much here, aggressive. So. I was going to say, uh, yeah. I'm Jeff, not a big fan of uh, passive-aggressive yeah. or just inherently yeah, that was <laughs> just aggress- aggressive. Inherently aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. And, and to be Good fair, most yeah. of the time backed it up so yeah well it's, it's a good point yeah, it's not like uh you know michael jordan didn't need this shit you know i mean he didn't you know <laughs> especially uh, in yeah, 2003 not not right. 40 what is he now at this point 40 uh he's exactly 40, 40. Just, yeah, exactly just like 40. yeah just yeah. like you said yeah just like 40 year old michael yeah, yeah he doesn't have time to give a shit anymore so right sorry so brian cardinal have... suck it up <laughs> yeah yeah you do you 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 do suck it up brian cardinal and he says, I don't feel like 40. I feel good. I feel like I can compete. And on certain nights, I can compete with the best. My effort's always going to be young, no matter how you look at it. My desire to win is always going to be young. My love for the game is always going to be young. My body may say 40, but those other things are going to be young always. And I think that, that was an example of uh, that tonight. So, yeah, there you go, Michael Jordan. I, I don't feel like I'm 43. Rich, I feel like I'm a spry 38. There you know? it is. Yeah, you I can, perform. I can perform podcast, like a 38 yeah. for sure, yeah. Right. I did podcast just like I did five years ago, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. I'm just as good as I was at. Maybe even a little better. Maybe better. Yeah, I would say you're better. Maybe. I'd say you're improving yeah, there you go. tremendously. So, right. uh, yeah, yeah, I'd imagine that this this game, this, this incredible game from Jordan, and this incredible inspirational speech by both Doug Collins right. uh, and Michael Jordan, I would just assume the Wizards right. then. Uh, so tell me about their playoff run that they had after this. Uh, yeah, about that. So didn't go that well. Oh. Uh, Jordan got hurt a couple of games later, although he played all 82 games of the uh, season, which is pretty remarkable at, at, at his age. Um, he only had like a few games later. He only had four points. Uh, well, I think, which is a, uh, a career related game with two points, I guess a little bit later. So a lot, a lot of low, uh, point totals, uh, here and there during that time. But, uh, yes, so it didn't work out for that well for the wizards. They finished five games out of the uh, playoff race. And they weren't that talented, and you know the inspiration again was uh, questionable. But you know Jordan had a nice uh, you know going away uh, tour. You know had some exciting. I mean he had some really good uh, strong games uh, down the stretch. I mean there were definitely there was a it was seventh last game, twenty five points, thirteen rebounds, uh, seven assists. It, the shooting efficiency wasn't great, which is why I didn't pick that one. And obviously the they you know. It, if that had been like a game for like Gary Payton or even maybe like Dwayne Wade, I'd been like, Oh yeah, that's good enough you know, for a guy on that level. But for Michael Jordan, you know, your standards are a little bit higher. So, but yeah, he definitely played well uh, mostly during the stretch. He had a 39 point game that I almost chose in uh, it was in Madison square guard, although it came in the loss, which is another reason why I didn't um, pick that one. But uh, yeah, so, you know, he had definitely up and down that season. I mean, he had some games where he looked his age. He had some games where he still, you know, conjured close enough to, the old Jordan, but yeah, he is um, actually, in addition to being the only 40 year old with a 40 point game, he also has four of the seven instances of a 40 year old with 30 plus points uh, per game. So the others are Kareem Lujabaru at 32. And actually this was in the finals against uh, Boston, the 87 finals. Carl uh, Malone had it in the, uh, this was also, uh, this was uh, end of the season in the 2004 season with the Lakers. And then Dirk Davitsky had it in uh, 2019, his uh, final season as well. And, by the way, uh, for those who might be wondering, LeBron James turns 40 on December 30th, 2024. So we got a couple of years, uh, a, few, yeah. a couple seasons away before that uh, could happen. But you could definitely see a LeBron, uh, you know, uh, perhaps uh, competing for that. Uh, but we'll see what happens, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for all, for all the jokes aside, like the Jordan Wizards years are not as bad as, as some people, you know, portray them to be. They're, they're okay. They're yeah. fine. It was kind of a fun little run, like. 
I, I, I guess people, some people were kind of like, I mean, there's no better way to, to leave than like hitting a game winning shot in the NBA finals and then just going away. But I do think maybe there was a fun factor in that 2003 season where it was like, okay, this is probably going to be it. I'm probably going to retire. Right. And everybody could go to a Wizards game and assume that this would be the last time that they were going to see Michael Jordan. I mean, the 98 season, it was left with a little bit of like, ah, who knows? Or yeah, man, you know, and, and the last dance kind of reflects that too. Like they knew it internally, but I know as fans, a lot of people were like, nah, he can't go like that. I mean, that can't be it. He's only 34 years old. Right. He's still got years in front of him, all that sort of stuff. So it was a nice closure in his career that like, all right, here's, you know, Michael Jordan, not at the top of his powers, but still pretty good. Like he still averaged 20 a game and, and still, you know, shot, you know, 45% or 44.5% from the field. So he still was a good player. Like he was still a pretty good player. I mean, the defense had kind of suffered a little bit, but yeah, yeah, he was still fun. And and the wizards were interesting to watch. (laughs) You know, they weren't always great. uh, It it gave people some nice closure. I thought to, to, to know that, okay, this is going to be it. I know for Bulls fans, it was cool too. Cause I, I, um, I wasn't lucky enough to go with one of the games, but uh, I remember watching them on TV and that final game in 2003, it was like, okay, this is it. Like this is Michael Jordan is probably never coming back here again. So it was treated as such and they played videos and gave him a long standing ovation, all that sort of stuff. So it was kind of cool to sure. feel like there was finally that closure on, on that weird period where he just, you know, fades away in the distance after 1998 when you know that he's still so much ca- is capable of of still being great but he's just not playing so um yeah they're they're, they're strange right. yeah. years but uh they're they're fun years too yeah yeah i think there's a lot of, of merit to those so definitely so so rich uh, as you mentioned uh, this episode of over and back is brought to you by stathead the most powerful research tool in sports Stathead is powered by the sports reference sites you trust and use every day, including for listeners of the show, basketballreference.com. Yes, yes. We use Basketball Reference and Stathead pretty extensively. Uh, this Almost this entire show, <laughs> our links uh, and our show notes are basically Stathead, uh, Basketball Reference links up and down the entire show. We're going to have a fun little uh, micro Stathead uh, uh, research at the end of this where we decided we, we were – you know, we're going through the show, and then we found, hey, well, this is kind of an interesting thing. Let's figure it out. And what was great is we were able to figure it out in about four minutes. Uh, we split up. Hey, I'm going to look at this. You're going to look at that. And in about four minutes, we were able to kind of figure all this stuff out. That's how powerful uh, the StatHead tool is uh, and everything is at the Sports Reference uh, a suite of sites. But uh, we have an exclusive promo code because if you want to get an annual subscription to any of StatHead.com's products, use our promo code BACK, B-A-C-K, to get $20 off an annual subscription to any of StatHead.com's products. So if you're listening to this and you go, yeah. I love basketball, but I really love football. You got it for the football reference stat head. If you love hockey, they got it for there too. Baseball reference, obviously, probably the most powerful of their tools. Uh, baseball reference, just an, an ungodly amount of information that you can get uh, from that stathead.com product. But no matter what one you want to get, $20 off an annual subscription. Just use that promo code back, B-A-C-K, when you order any of stathead.com's products. And we thank Stathead, of course, for sponsoring this week's show and giving us the tools, as we said, to take our research to the next Level, which we did when we talked about Dirk Nowinski's final great game. One of my all-time favorite players, Dirk Nowinski. Uh, his game's pretty easy. It's his second-to-last game in the NBA, which is pretty fitting. Uh, it wasn't always great. <laughs> it wasn't always great that last few seasons. And uh, if you hear Dirk talk about it now, he probably wishes he hadn't played this game or the last season or maybe even the season before that. He uh, recently said that he can't even play sports with his children due to all the injuries he suffered uh, over the course of his career, particularly the wear and tear from his final few seasons. So on that happy note, let's discuss his last great game, Jason. <laughs> on, this, on that horrifically depressing note, let's talk about all right. his second to last game because he had 38-3. and three. So... 
Dirk was still really good until the final three seasons of his career. Then things really started to fall off pretty quickly. His age 38 season, his scoring dipped to 14.2 points per game. That was the lowest since his rookie year. Uh, in 2018, his age 39 season, it drops to 12 points per game. Then it finally craters in uh, 2019, his age 40 season. Again, being age 40 and playing basketball, not that easy. Uh, and he reflected that as well when he averaged just 7.3 points per game, 3.1 rebounds per game. Started in only 20 games that season as well. So it was good because it was closure for people to say, this is going to be it for Dirk. If you want to go see Dirk, this is probably it. But not a great performance that year. Uh, Things didn't go very well. But he was still capable of putting together some pretty good games here and there. As you mentioned a little bit earlier, he scored 40 points in an overtime game against Portland uh, in March of 2016. Uh, In 2019, he had a few decent games here and there, some a, a few decent scoring outputs. But this one is easy. His truly last great, great game has extra significance because it's his second to last game, and it is more than anything his final game in Dallas as well. It's April 9, twenty nineteen. Dirk scores uh, thirty points, grabs eight rebounds, chips in three assists, uh, and he helps the very mediocre Dallas Mavericks that are thirty three and forty eight after this game defeat the absolutely dreadful Phoenix Suns, who were nineteen and sixty three. Nineteen and sixty three. Uh, yeah, yeah, this was their they clinched four straight uh, years as having the worst record in the Western Conference, which is hilarious because not that many years after that, like Kevin Durant's like, hey, I want to go to Phoenix because this is a winning right. culture. I want to be a part of this winning culture. It's it can change fast, folks. It can change real, real fast. Because sure. yeah, this team was in the doldrums for years and years and years, and now they're you know a winning culture. But um, again, as I said, this is an extra special game. Uh, his last home game in Dallas, the team he spends every single year of his career with. Uh, best of all, everybody knew going in that it was going to be an important game, and he delivered it as well. They had a bunch of stuff before the game. Larry Bird and several other former players gave speeches. Dirk <laughs> gave a very inspiring uh, speech before the game and says, as you might expect, this is my last home game. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> get into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. He needs Collins out there to like fire up. The <laughs> right. Run, He's, you know? Hello. Yeah. I will play this yeah. game, and then I will never play here again. Yeah. <laughs> Dirk. Dirk. Pathetic. Everybody. Like, you Pathetic. Know, not exactly the most, uh, <laughs> you know, right. it is Dirk, not exactly the most, uh, you know, energetic man in the world, but uh, Dirk was there. Sure. But yeah, uh, yeah so he, he has a great game. Uh, it, well, a great relative. He, it took him 31 shots uh, to get here. He was 5 of 14 from 3 to get it done, but God damn it, he got it done. Uh, this is his 245th and final 30 point game. Uh, of his career, uh, it was clear that they were just force feeding him shots. That he would take the first eight shots. He'd score Dallas's first ten points. Clearly, a showcase game for him and everybody to kind of celebrate his career. Uh, his final points comes on a one-legged fadeaway, just perfect. Again, they took you know should taken him out of game immediately after that. Uh, but a, f- a fun fact about this game, and I'm sure we have talked about it on this very show because we did a big series on 50-point games. Yeah. Over and back favorite Jamal Crawford scored 51 points in this game. Yes, you remember Jamal Crawford, 2019 Phoenix Sun. <laughs> of course you do. Uh, but he's one point off his career high here. Uh, and as I said, clinched uh, Phoenix's fourth straight season of having the Western Conference's worst record. So Jamal Crawford, 51 for him. So uh, did not overshadow this game, though, for uh, for Dirk. And this was, again, no. his final uh, game in Dallas. He would play one more game the following night against San Antonio, where he'd score 20 points and grab 10 rebounds. Not a bad game again there in, in, in San Antonio, but uh, that would then be it. For uh, Dirk, he would uh, then retire thereafter. And uh, now I forget he does something in the Dallas front office. They call him when they want to make a bad coaching hire or something like that. So I forget what exactly yeah, is going on. I guess the Jason, okay, yeah, I take that back. The Jason Kidd hire ended up 
being okay. But you know, at the time, yeah. I'm like, ah, I, I, I don't know if long term it's going to be. Yeah, good. we'll but see. It, it, we'll it, see. It, it I reserve the right to say that I was right if it doesn't go well. But uh, so far, one year, yeah, uh, it, it's 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 been okay. So that is so, Dirk's final great game. Sure. So we, we could do a little bonus uh, here about uh, Jamal Crawford because, yeah, this was uh, definitely his uh, last game and actually would have been his uh, final game. But he did play one game for Brooklyn, I believe, in the bubble. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yes. So he played uh, one. Otherwise, he would have ended his career with a 51. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I mean, hey, that, that's still oh, uh, man. That's awesome. I, I believe he's the oldest player to uh, have 50 because he was 39 at the time. So. Um, oh, he didn't play again because that, that was it. That, they didn't play a game after that. Yeah, that was last. That was last oh, game. Just like Michael Jordan, season, he's so. ruining his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> ruining his legacy. Yes. Um, yeah. So he he played a uh, six minutes for the uh, oh. for the Nets uh, during the bubble, and uh, and yeah, other than that, that so that was clearly uh, Jamal Crawford's uh, last great game. So you, you get a bonus uh, last great uh, game stat there. Yeah, but, there you go. You but, uh, for it. You got it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of uh, not asking for beginning, Kevin McHale. Uh, Kevin McHale. I, I don't know where I got that, but you know. Um, in any case, uh, McHale. He, of course, Boston Celtics legend for uh, the '80s, along with Larry Bird and uh, Robert Parrish. You know, stout Celtics team of the '80s. You know, won three championships. You know, perennial finals contenders for a very long time of the late '80s when the Pistons planted them, but. You know, it's easy to forget that, hey, actually, the Celtics um, were still a pretty strong team in the early 90s, despite, you know, having those um, aging players, you know, Bird, um, you know, retiring for 92. Uh, they did have Reggie Lewis. You know, they, they had some other um, younger talent. So they were still, you know, going pretty good. And uh, the 1993 season, you know, again, a pretty quality season for the team. Mikhail himself, the injuries definitely had gotten to him at this point. Uh, you know, foot problems that he had, um, that he had, you know, ever since the uh, late eighties when he broke his foot, but, you know, continued playing for a long time. But yeah, the Celtics this year, 48 and 34, you know, uh, definitely a strong team. Um, even though Mikhail didn't have a strong year, he absolutely, when it when it counted, he absolutely had one of the uh, an incredibly strong performance. Uh, this would have been the game two of the Eastern Conference first round, 1993. He had 30 points on 743 true shooting uh, and 10 rebounds uh, off the bench, the third to final game of his career. So uh, this one's really cool. I mean, one is in the playoff context, one, you know, it's almost completely out of nowhere because he had really not played well for most of that season. Um, he did play well just in general in the series, but but this was by far the most standout game. But also, you know, it's it's in Boston Garden. Um, you know, the fans know that there's a chance this is the last time they are ever going to see him, you know, play in Boston Garden. Uh, his retirement hadn't been announced, but it was definitely something. You know, it was an open secret. Um, there's article. Um, and then uh, Sam Smith, Tribune, who's, you know, talking about, uh, you know, was going to be uh, about the other players, you know, Robert Parrish uh, joking, saying that I hate to see Kevin go because he took care of all the interviews. And but Parrish also saying, hey, I feel so sorry for him because of you know how his foot is and no one wants to go out that way. Uh, and then Charles Brock would say Kevin's the best player I ever played against. And so, um, you know, so this was definitely the emotion of that crowd, like, you know, one, knowing that he's going in two, 
seeing him kind of come out of nowhere and just put like an incredible effort, you know, hitting, barely hitting all of these shots. Like every single shot he hits, just sort of like barely, like it, like it bounces in or it's just after like the outstretched hands of Alonzo Mourning or all that. And there's, there's one um, highlight in particular where it's Mikhail is basically fighting Larry Johnson for an offensive rebound. And he like tips it up in the air, like several times and they battle of it. And he finally gets it and then just, you know, hits a little jumper for an and one and, and gets the foul. It's just like, and the crowd just goes nuts for it. It just, it's a really, really cool moment and, you know, really cool way for, you know, him to go out, you know, basically in his career. Yeah. 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 It, it's always it, it, extra importance. And I do try. I always, every time we do one of these series, I look at playoffs and I'm like, come on, he had to have a great playoff game. And a lot of these guys just don't. A lot of the guys don't make the playoffs at the end, which uh, kind of sucks. Right. Yeah, having having a playoff game, having a game where, like you said, most people knew that we're getting towards the end here, that things are going to start kind of slowing down uh, for for him, and it's going to be the end. Like that, it, it brings on some extra significance. And this is a pretty good game. This is a great game for him, uh, and especially so because, like you said, it, things were really starting to go south for Kevin McHale, and it looked like all right, this guy is it, he, he's running on fumes here. And, and really, Boston was running on fumes, as, as, as you mentioned. Like it, this was sure. very close. To, I mean, th- this was going to be just about the end. We didn't know exactly how much of the end this was going to be because uh, obviously the Reggie Lewis thing is going to happen uh, shortly thereafter. But uh, this is like the last blow to the you know. Um, the Celtics dynasty once, once, once right. McHale's kind of done and, and yeah, Parrish is kind of there, but I mean, it, it doesn't, it, him alone is not, you know, enough to, to right. hold this thing. Together. Especially yeah, 57 year old Parrish. Yeah. Not exactly. Not, like, well, Hey, it's yeah. still kind of the legacy Celtics. Robert Parrish is here. <laughs> like, you know, Hey, right, you right. Know, hey, hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so McHale, he helps. I mean, he, he sparks his team to come up. Cause they were down pretty, uh, you know, uh, down by, I think 20 or so, uh, in the third quarter, then he rallies in the fourth quarter, you know, scoring 13 of the team's 22 points, sends it into overtime. Unfortunately for Boston, they did actually, they ended up losing it in overtime, two overtimes actually. And then uh, the Hornets ended up taking care of business in Charlotte in games three and four. It was a five game series at the time uh, to uh, to win the series. So definitely a little bit of a changing the guard there with, you know, the Hornets with Larry Johnson, Lonzo Mourning appearing to be like, possibly you know a, a future great team yeah, that was obviously core that obviously uh didn't work out between them and the the hornets dealt uh morning even though they they were fine for most of the rest of the 90s they had some good teams there but it was never you know never fulfilled the promise that was kind of thought of no of that. kept like yeah, moving think, parts yeah they would always like have right. a team and then move it and then have a team and then move it yeah. and then they ended up like that was got good players in return yeah. but it was well until right. the, you know the final stretch right but it was like yeah. ah, all right like you're gonna trade this guy for this guy but then it worked and then you have yeah. any jones you're like oh, okay this kind of works too and I, you don't have any jones it's like all right what are you guys doing like, uh, uh, <laughs> like, right it's 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 probably hard for people to imagine now, but there was definitely a time like in the early nineties where like the Hornets were like a cool team. Like people were into the teal and the coolest team. Yeah. Yeah. Their jerseys, everybody had their starter jackets. Also everybody yeah. in Charlotte liked the Hornets and went to their games right. and like, yeah. you know, they were a really cool team and then they became a toxic team very, very quickly thereafter, yeah. mostly because of their owner. And right. now they kind of exist, you know, sort right. of. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they. I think they have pretty good support there. They got Lamelo Ball. I mean, yeah, they're they're, they're kind of a fun team, but yeah. But they definitely were. You know, there was a time when they they were like one of like the three most popular jerseys in you know ne- next to like Bulls and Lakers. You know, of, of the time. I mean, I, I think they were definitely right up there for you know a couple of years. I think Larry Johnson probably had a lot to do with that. You know, coming from UNLV, but. Um, 
yeah, it's just kind of a an interesting thing that I think it would be if you weren't there at the time that you it would be hard to believe. Right, but, or the Muggsy Bogues um, phenomenon too, if you weren't alive. For oh that. yeah, like, absolutely, yeah, I mean, a gigantic right. star in his time. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, absolutely. You know, it was hard to believe, yeah. but it, it was true. It happened. All right, right. It it did. Yeah, and then uh, Robert Parrish eventually was like, "Hey, I want to join on this Hornets phenomenon." So yeah. he went over Hello, there. Hello, fellow uh, children. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. All right, yeah. He's like, I'm cool. I'm wearing these. Uh, I'm wearing this teal. I'm down. Right, right, you know, right. I'm hip. And then yeah, he, and he uh, latched on to the 96 Bulls and got another championship. Hell so, yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, he did. Yeah, right. So, yeah, as you mentioned, yeah, Bridgelow didn't play in this game. He only played in game one of, this, of the series. I'm not sure if it was related to the hard concerns or if it was another thing. But, yeah, he um, – you know, so the Celtics had to battle back without you know basically their best player. So and obviously they were they um, they came close but weren't able to uh, pull it off. But yeah, this is definitely a really fun one. And, they, and the highlights are really great. There's a great uh, there's a set of highlights on NBA Cobwebs um, uh, on Twitter on on his account. So there's some really um, great stuff uh, there. Really uh, dramatic. All right, so we'll move on to Gary Payton next. And this one's a little harder than I expected, as as Payton was actually still pretty solid until even the final few years. Uh, of his career. He wasn't the star that he had been, you know, obviously the decade prior, but he was still a decent rotation piece uh, for the Miami Heat, for the Boston Celtics. He bounced around a couple times, I guess kind of for the Milwaukee Bucks, but nobody really remembers that. So uh, uh, (laughs) we'll just talk about the Heat and the Celtics here because those are really the games that I looked at. So uh, as far as Sonics-wise, if if his last great, great game was with the Sonics. He had 40 points, 10 assists for the Sonics December 4th, 2002. Uh, one of six 40-plus point games for Peyton all regular season, uh, none in the playoffs. Uh, as far as 10 assists, well, that was business as usual. He'd have uh, 277 10-plus uh, assist games uh, in his career. So we can't obviously pick a game from 2002 as Gary Payton's final great season. So we have to move it on to the couple more seasons after that. So, of course, he moves from the Sonics to the Bucks uh, for 28 of the most exciting games that anybody could ever remember. Uh, not really. Uh, the next year, he was off to the Lakers to join Shaq, Kobe, and Karl Malone. The team was an absolute mess, but still made it to the NBA Finals the second time that uh, Gary Payton had made it to the Finals in his career uh, before they fell in a massive upset to the Detroit Pistons. Well, not, an upset in, in at the time. In hindsight, maybe not. Also, at the time, kind of like, well, it kind of felt like this team was all going to fall apart, but it still felt like, well, there's enough talent that they're going to overcome it. They did not. The Lakers lose, and the whole thing breaks up. Gary Payton is on the move. He then goes to Boston to help turn their fortunes around uh, before rounding out his career uh, with two seasons in Miami and finally getting an NBA title uh, uh, with Miami as well. So considering Payton did play until 2007, again, we we can't pick a game from 2002. So I don't know. I'm having trouble with with these ones. His his best game for Miami probably comes on December 11, 2005. Wasn't truly great. 21 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. That's fine. If we're using the criteria of last and great we probably have to go to the December 17, 2004 game when Peyton is still a member of the Boston Celtics as he has 27 and 11. So not only is this a double-double in a win, it was super efficient too. He scored those 27 points on 10 of 13 from the field and a perfect 2 and 2 from 3 point as well. Uh, he dishes out 11 assists, grabs 6 rebounds, and his 29-game score was his best game score since the 2002 season. Uh, Doc Rivers is quoted as saying he was awesome tonight was Gary's night. So he was uh, he was thought to be a, a, a key piece. This is obviously, this is not the Boston Celtics that are all ready to go and, and, and ramped up. This is kind of this weird in-between Boston Celtics where they're kind of still trying to figure out exactly what they're going to... I mean, they're still a good team. They've been, obviously, in the playoffs. They made long playoff runs time and time again. 
Uh, we're in the final few stages of the Antoine Walker. This is obviously the year that he gets traded. Uh, Paul Pierce is still here. They're trying like hell to get this Boston team to figure out what this Boston team needs to get over the hump, and they still just can't get over the hump. Gary Payton tries all he can. You know, he, he's pretty damn good for this team, but he has not helped them get over the hump. Um, Rafe LaFriends does not give them over the hump, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, the, the, the big haul they got for Antoine Walker does not get them over the hump, uh, believe it or not, as they lose in the first round to the Indiana Pacers. And obviously, as we said, Gary Payton moves on to the Miami Heat, where he then goes and wins an NBA title. So good for him. But uh, yeah, I'd say this is probably his last great game, uh, 27-11 for the Celtics. Uh, the, the the quotes are all the post game quotes are all about how this was like a great game by Gary. He's setting the pace for the team. He's getting us ready. He's doing the fast break. Everything is going well in Boston, except for it's just going to be kind of the same old mediocre stuff that it was for Boston for right. a lot of this this time period. And so they decided to yeah. change everything and get Ray Allen and get Kevin Garnett and, and blow the whole thing up uh, and, and try to build the big three. But yeah, at this time Boston's like a fun team that's just you know kind of they're going to win forty five games and losing the first round. Or losing the second round. That's sure. pretty much what they did at this time. So, Right. Yeah, they kind of ended up taking a step back, getting some young players that eventually turned them around to get uh, Garnett and Allen. It took a little while for that, obviously. But, yeah. No, I would agree. Um, yeah, it's hard because, like, Peyton was still, like, a useful player, but he was definitely a role player. And there were very few times where he was, like – actually um you know getting huge minutes and right. it would be it would be here and there but it was definitely like he played his role well but he definitely you know fell into the role you know yeah some of these guys like they just get so old that you can't play them a lot whereas gary payton right. was more like hey we're just gonna play you like 27 minutes is that cool and he's like yeah sure you know he kind of he kind of accepted that role in a way that it was like if he wanted right. to, he probably could have played more minutes. If he wanted to, he could have went to some terrible team and 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 started and played every, you know as many minutes as he wanted. But at this point, he was like, I just really want a title. I just really want to help a team win. So he would, you know, at this time, he's kind of bouncing around to different teams trying to figure it out. But he's fitting into however the team wants him to fit in. And and like you said, he's not giving himself that many opportunities to go out there and be a superstar. He's just like, hey, I'll do whatever you guys need. I'll, I'll do my 20 minutes. I'll come off the bench. I'll do whatever. Uh, so yeah, you're, you're kind of at a loss for for great games in this era because he kind of accepted the role player role and was perfectly fine just doing that. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. It's sort of like, yeah, he probably had a little, he probably had enough of the tank to get it there, but he, in the team context that he had, there was, it, it was fine. I mean, he obviously hit some big shots in the uh, 06 finals and you certainly did a lot of, of contributions, but wasn't carrying the ball, you know, in the, in the same way. And he wasn't, you know, I mean, he was also, I mean, he was a star, absolutely, but he wasn't the kind – you weren't looking for Gary Payton to, like, lead you in scoring all the time and lead you to the finish line. He was more – I mean, he was a guy who could do that at times, but he was more a complete player who's going to, uh, you know, be a great defender and set other guys up and all that and be – you know, and lead a great team rather than carry it all on his own for the yeah, most part. right, right. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Dwayne Wade. Uh, so he – Returned to the Miami Heat uh, for a couple of uh, about a season and a half uh, after some stops in uh, Chicago and Cleveland. Cleveland, I, yeah, I, that yeah. is one that I. I feel like in a couple of years we need to agree to not acknowledge the Cleveland. Oh, run. all right, we're not going to acknowledge that. That, that, that was right. a weird run. That run was fair enough. It was a little odd. so yeah. bad. Yeah, that run was yeah. terrible. But uh, yeah. I would like to not acknowledge the Chicago run, but I, I understand but, I probably cannot do that. So. I mean, the, I think the three alphas are going to live with us forever, so I, I don't think that's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Dwayne Wade, sixty games left in his career uh, against the Toronto Raptors, thirty-five points on six ninety-eight uh, true shooting percentage, um, 
five rebounds, six assists. He's off the bench, um, which sets a new Miami Heat record uh, off the bench of uh, 35 points, illustrious. Uh, so that could, that can go up along with the, uh, you know, the banner for uh, Michael Jordan's uh, number. You know, that can also go, uh, you know, 35 is uh, the, the, the bench record. You know, that can, because uh, Miami's not weird at all about what we're tired, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, yes. So, uh, in any case, uh, this was a, uh, this was the championship year for the Raptors. So they got off to, you know, they had gotten Kawhi Leonard in the off season. They were 17 and four after this win. Uh, so they were a juggernaut, you know, um, and, uh, you know, then, and they were, they were down big 26 in the third quarter actually, but, uh, they did rally to, um, make it closer. And, um, you know, Wade was four or seven from three, he made a whole lot of shots in the, uh, the third quarter, especially. So he did, um, yeah, I mean, again, he, he helped cut it down. It, it got, uh, twice he got a three pointer that cut the lead down to eight, but, uh, then, you know, the, uh, Fred Van Fleet was able to get baskets of its own and the Raptors, uh, you know, pretty much went on a run late to, um, to, to finish up in the fourth, but, yeah, uh, Eric Spolstra said, it's a shame that kind of game is wasted on loss. And then uh, later on, uh, Kyle Lowry and Dwayne Wade swat, swapped jerseys after the game. So that was a thing that Wade definitely did, um, you know, before each game is he would, you know, he and another player on the other team would swap jerseys uh, during it. So, like, I, you know, now, like, with, you know, Lowry being on the heat, I'm like, oh, is there a little bit of, like, feature tampering going on there? Maybe somebody oh, should investigate. Right. I don't know. Yeah, let's take yeah. some picks away from the heat here. Yeah, uh, Lowry, he's quoted as saying, he's a future Hall of Famer. It'll go up in my house. I'll have a couple stories I can tell my kids a long time from now. So that's a uh, that's a fun one. Yeah, so interestingly enough, Wade only started two games in the final season of his career, actually the final two games of the season, which I um, I kind of forgot he was coming off the bench. Strength. Yeah, I, I did too. It sense. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, right. he's coming to Miami, and that's obviously a team that, that is still competitive, still a good team, so... I do get why they might, but yeah, I was kind of surprised. Like Wade seems like the type of guy, nothing against Dwayne Wade, but he seems like the type of guy that would probably just prefer to start. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to play the whole game, but seems like a guy who would like to start. But I hate credit to him of saying, Hey, look, I'll come off the bench. I just, you know what I mean? Like I get it. It's cool. Um, I guess I'm just not, I'm not a hundred percent why you would, you would start Rodney McGruder over doing weight. I mean, I know McGruder <laughs> probably culture. provided good <laughs> defense. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure there probably was a good reason to do that, but I'm not questioning. Yeah, it's weird though. Uh, like I, if you had told culture, me, hey, did, did yeah. Dwayne Wade start most of the games of his final year in, in I would say, yeah, I, I would probably have said yes. I'm right. kind of surprised that, that he didn't. Yeah. And actually, you, you could have picked the, the last two games of his career because they, they were both pretty strong. His final home game, second to last game of the season, he had uh, 30 points, uh, but it was on 10 to 23 shooting. Didn't really do a lot in the box. I mean, three three runs, three assists. Certainly a good game. Um, but, and, you know, a, a nice finale for Miami, but yeah, I didn't qualify it as great. His final game in Brooklyn, uh, 25 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, so triple-double in his final game. That was pretty cool. But he did shoot 10 of 28 from the uh, the field. So that was one reason not to I- include that. But, I mean, those, you know, you definitely could have stood out. Again, Dwayne Wade, I have a little bit of higher expectations for than certain players. So I think the uh, the standards need to be a little bit higher. So that's why I picked the game that I picked. There you go. All right. It's our final yeah, one right. here. Artist Gilmore. Oh. Yeah. So somewhere yeah. along the line, unfortunately, Artist uh, he, he gained the nickname Rigor Artist uh, for his poor play, lack of athleticism during his final few years in the NBA. 
once an elite scorer and rebounder for the Kentucky Colonels of the ABA. He would join the Chicago Bulls in the NBA in the 70s. Uh, continued his great play, helped legitimize the late 70s Chicago Bulls as well. Uh, while the Bulls never won a title, Gilmore did keep them in contention for most of his run there. Uh, he made an all-star team four times with the team. In July of 1982, the Bulls trade uh, Gilmore to the San Antonio Spurs, where he'd team up with fellow cool-as-fuck dude George Iceman Gervin. That's a, that, oh, yeah. that is an all-time cool team there. George Gervin and Artis Gilmore, man. That's just yeah. dripping with coolness uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. So the team played well. And, of course, yeah, Dave Corzine, of course. You're gonna, well, he was yeah, traded, yeah. unfortunately – they, they oh, realized yeah. the Bulls were like, look, you, that's too much cool. So you're going to have to give us right. Dave Corzine. <laughs> you know, you can't have Corzine, Gilmore, and George Gervin. Like, you're going to be a, a marketing point. dynamo. Yeah. Like, people are going to be just, right. just running down to the Freeman Coliseum or wherever the hell they're playing at this time, right. just demanding to see this cool team. I mean, they would just define yeah. the 70s and the 80s uh, with that trio. Right. So luckily, uh, the Bulls were smart to say, no, 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 you got to give us Corzine or else you're going to be too powerful. So uh, that's um, a good point. Yeah. So the yeah. Bulls got the coolness that is one Dave Corzine. But uh, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the team played well. They made the Western Conference Finals in their first season. They lost to the Lakers, as a lot of teams did in the Western Conference in the 80s. Yeah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, after that year, he was never able to get the Spurs out of the first round. And by the time he left, the Spurs were really struggling. And he was kind of falling uh, out of favor as well. Gilmore would rejoin the Bulls for a portion of the 1988 season, playing alongside Michael Jordan. Uh, but he only lasted 24 games with the team. By that point, he had greatly slowed down, was nowhere near the player he had been prior uh, and as such, there's not a whole lot of great games for the second Bulls run. And then he would also join the Boston Celtics that same year. Yes, there was a Boston Celtics Artis Gilmore run uh, in 1988. Yeah. It is not very good. The closest we can get there uh, is 15 points and seven rebounds on March 26th of 1988. But that's not enough for my man Artis. We got to get him something better. No, so no. I'm going to cheat here. There's two games. I can't choose. There's two games All that right. are, are really good. Right. Maybe I'll let you be the, the, the deciding factor here. For which game is truly his last great game. So uh, the first is February 3rd, 1987, still in San Antonio. Yeah, we're going to just skip the Bulls years (laughs) and the the Celtics here. We're going to skip all that stuff. There's not a lot of good stuff there. Uh, We're going to go to 1987 where he scores 24 points, shooting 10 of 11 from the field, grabs 18 boards, swats away three shots. Uh, His game score, 27.3, a season high. The Spurs win by eight as well, so not too bad. Uh, from one artist, Gilmore. But uh, that that one's a good one, but I think this one's a good contender. Uh, March 22nd, 1987, later than the prior game. So if we want to get technical about last great game, this one might count sure. a little bit sure. more. Uh, 22 points and 16 rebounds with four blocks and a Spurs win over the Clippers. Uh, artist shoots 8 of 14 from the field. And then that, if we really want to get crazy, if we want to go a little bit before, February 4th. 1985, Gilmore scores 25 points, 5 of 8 from the field, 15 of 21 from the free throw line. So he nice, definitely made his nice. made his money at the free throw line there. Grabs right. 13 rebounds and blocks 10 shots. So it's, it's 1985. Uh, it's tough to be the last great game. I feel like there's two that are in there, but we had to talk about that one because he blocks 10 shots. That's pretty fun. And it actually leads us to another fun little micro segment that we're going to do at the end of the show here. Some triple yeah. doubles with 10 blocks. Sure, sure. Before before we get there, I do want to. I, I I would say I'm going to go with the uh, the March twenty second eighty seven the uh, twenty two sixteen for blocks. I think that one. Um, okay, is, yeah, that uh, works for me too. Yeah, I, I think that's good enough for a great game. Yeah, and actually, like that. Yeah, that last year where he split with the Bulls and the uh, 
and the Celtics boy, like having to play with Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, I'm sure getting on his case for, for being shitty. Like, uh, you, you know, in his last year can have been fun for um, Gerving uh, or for um, Gilmore, excuse me. But yeah, that, that year before, like he was still a pretty good player for the uh, Spurs. I mean, he was definitely up and down, but he had a lot of good games. Um, you know, not, not a lot of great ones, but a lot of still good games uh, during that year. So he was still a good player up until um, his last season. Uh, obviously had a, a good long career, but yes, uh, triple doubles with 10 blocks. Um, yeah. So we, uh, with stat head, of course, yeah. uh, used the, uh, the powerful, uh, stat head tool. Uh, we did searches for 10 plus points, 10 plus assists, 10 plus blocks, which there were three instances of that. We'll get to the details in a moment. And then also 10 points, uh, 10 rebounds and, uh, 10 blocks. There has never been a game, by the way, in which there were 10 uh, blocks and 10 steals by one person in the same game. That has never happened. So, yeah. so somebody can do um, that, though. If you're, if you're listening, if you're an NBA player listening, your time is right. now to get 10 blocks and 10 steals in the same game. Yeah. Uh, and then you just got to score 10 points, too, or get 10 rebounds. You don't do whatever. Right. Either way. Right. Whatever you want to do. Turnovers, so, uh, they don't count. So you, gotta, yeah. you can't turn the ball over. That's not going to count for us. Right. I, I don't know. If, if you get 10, I mean, listen, <laughs> if, if if you're able to get uh, 10 blocks and 10 steals and 10, well, if you get 10 turnovers, we'll talk about it. You know, we'll, uh, we'll make a ruling here. I feel like maybe, you know, we can, we can talk about it. We'll negotiate. But anyway, um, yes. So the three instances of um, 10 points, 10 assists, 10 blocks, uh, Nate Thurmond, we've talked about this game before. I've talked about all these games before because they're all quadruple doubles. Uh, Nate Thurmond, October 18th, 1974, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, 12 blocks. Akeem Olajuwon, March 29th, 1990, 18 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, 11 blocks. David Robinson, February 17th, 1994, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and 10 blocks. So, that takes care of assists and blocks. If you want to have rebounds and blocks, that's happened a lot more frequently. Not totally surprised because if you get 10 blocks and uh, you get 10 points, there's a good chance you can get a lot of rebounds. Yeah, that's a good chance you're tall enough to get some well. rewards. Yeah, yeah. Right. Be, I, I love the idea of a guy that's just blocking shots left and right, but then a ball comes off the rim and he's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at rebounding. Yeah, I am. Right. Like, no, what the hell? They're like, get the boards, yeah. man. Like, sorry, sorry, right. sorry. It's coming so yeah, fast sorry. off the rim. I yeah. can't. You know, it comes yeah, off the it. backboard sometimes. It's very weird. I don't like it. Right. I don't want to jam my fingers. You know, I'm staying away from that. So it hurts. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so there were 93 instances of this, uh, which would include the three that were mentioned above. Uh, yeah, and then well. you're going to list uh, the other 90 ones right now. All right, I am going to go away, but uh, when I come back, I'm sure you will have listed all 90 of them. So, all right. All right. I won't do that. However, I oh, will mention. Right, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'll stay. I'll 40, stay. I'll stay. In 40 cases, there were 20 plus points. In 12 cases, there were 20 plus rebounds. And in eight cases, there were 20 plus points and 20 plus rebounds. And I will name those. So uh, Shaquille O'Neal did that. He had 24 points, 28 rebounds, and 15 blocks uh, November 20th, 1993 for the Magic against the New Jersey Nets. Elvin Hayes, 22 points, 27 rebounds, 11 blocks March 3rd, 1978 for the Bulls against Detroit. Uh, Kim Olajuwon, 32-25-10 and 10 for the Rockets against the Magic in 1989. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 39 points, 23 rebounds, 10 blocks for the Lakers against the Hawks in 1975. That was in overtime. These are all wins, by the way. This first one is the first loss. Sean Bradley, uh, to, I mean, uh, you 
think of winner, you think of Sean Bradley. Uh, 22 points, 22 rebounds, 13 blocks, 1998 for Dallas against the Trail Blazers. Uh, Kareem again, second time, 29 points, 21 rebounds, 11 blocks, uh, also 1975, just about a month later after his first one for the Lakers against the Pistons. Akeem Olajuwon again, 24, 21, and 12. Also in 1989, about a month before his other one against the Jazz, uh, they're happening in Spurs. Joachim Noah, 23 points, 21 rebounds, 11 assists for the Bulls in 2013. Kind of late on, in his uh, in his run <laughs> yeah. against the uh, 76ers. Obviously, he didn't have a long career, but yeah. I think that's uh, – so. I want to say that's the year. Let me let me look at it real quick. There was this weird Bulls year where, like, everybody was hurt, and they just basically had Joachim right. Noah do everything. It wasn't right. good. And he got, like, low ballot, like, MVP uh, uh, love that year. You said it was yeah, 2013, that was- right? Uh, yeah, that was the year they beat the Nets, right? In the, uh, in the uh, yes, like yes, he, yeah. Like Luol <laughs> like, like Deng had a spinal tap and was gone. <laughs> and, like it was so weird. It was yeah. It was like you know Carlos Boozer, Joe Kim Noah, and Nate Robinson like leading them. I think Riff, Richard Hamilton was there too. Things got real yeah. weird for a while there. Uh, but I want to yeah. say that's the year that yeah Noah was just like, all right, guys. <laughs> I, I mean, got that was this. a great. I, yeah, that that was a great year for him and a great performance in the in that series. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. really awesome. It was a great series, I, yeah, just an incredible, yeah. incredible series. And then they uh, I, they faced the Miami Heat, and uh, guess what? It did not go as well. And <laughs> the twenty, well. the absolute machine that was the 2013-2014 Miami Heat, were, or the twenty twelve. Oh. Uh, 2013 Miami Heat, who were just like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, we're gonna beat you right. guys very, very easily. So let's yeah get yeah. this out of here. So absolutely. So all right. So uh, yeah. This is it, uh, you know some uh, some great stuff here. This is a lot of fun. Some uh, some good things. I learned a little bit about uh, all of these players, things that I didn't know before. So uh, fun times, uh, fun times here. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, as we mentioned, uh, this episode over and back brought to you by StatHead. Use the exclusive promo code back to get twenty dollars off an annual subscription to any of StatHead.com's products. Absolutely recommended. Great stuff. We couldn't do the show without it. So thanks again to uh, StatHead for sponsoring this week's show. Uh, thanks to uh, all of the listeners. Uh, please uh, subscribe. Give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you would listen to. If you want to reach us on social media, we are on Facebook and Twitter at Over and Back NBA. We'd love to hear from you guys. So uh, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll be back again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.